Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the You Should Run podcast. I'm your host, Tony Heil, council member in Bridgeport, Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I've talked to people in every single state, from Hawaii to Maine, Alaska to Florida, and I welcome your suggestions at any level of government. I've had people from school board and local council all the way up to U.S. Senate and many parts in between. Every level of office is important because there's 500,000 elected offices in this country. Many of them are unopposed or forgotten about or low turnout. Uh, and local elections, local offices are where are the things that really impact your life. Uh, and that's what I'm going to talk about today with someone who's going to be my new friend from North Charleston, South Carolina, Greg Perry. And I'm excited to learn about North Charleston, why I need to go there, and hopefully maybe why you need to pay attention to Greg. So, uh, Greg Perry, thank you for talking today. No, Tony, thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I learned. I, I like to explore different perspectives because um, every, every part of the country is different, and North Carolina and South Carolina are different, uh, for example. And that's just two states. So, But before we get into you, you started talking about how great North Charleston is. So tell me, why is North Charleston so great? What are people missing by sleeping on it? Well, so right now, North Charleston is the third largest city in the state of South Carolina. Uh, we are growing at an exponential rate uh, in uh, the next decade. Within the next decade, North Charleston will uh, uh, probably be the largest city in the state. Uh, it's a beautiful city. We're right next to uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, and most folks know Charleston as uh, the number one small city uh, to uh, to visit in the country, uh, so we're we're in a really good place. What makes it such a place to visit? Because like I know I know Charleston. I um, it's not something I think about um, obviously, but I'm missing out. So why is it so special? So it's the history of Charleston. It's uh, uh, the beauty of Charleston. Our home, our homes are uh, being in just close proximity to beaches. Uh, the cobblestone streets, the uh, amazing cuisine we have here, uh, the Gullah Geechee uh, culture here as well. Uh, it's almost like when you come to Charleston, it's almost like you're stepping into another uh, world, uh, just uh, being able to experience uh, all the things that we have to offer. Uh, it's, again, it's an amazing place to visit. So, Tony, I have to get you down here pretty soon, man. All right. Well, it's hard for me to get. I mean, I would love to. I have family in North Carolina, but it's tough with family and stuff to get places. But speaking of family, you grew up in North Charleston, right? You're from there. You're not like from Alaska. Right. So grew up in North Charleston, uh, born and raised here. Uh, my mom uh, and uh, sisters and uh, brother and I, we, we lived in a community called Century Oaks. Uh, Century Oaks is right next to a community called Liberty Hill. And Liberty Hill was founded in 1871 by four freed slaves. Uh, one of the oldest black communities, if not the oldest black community in South Carolina. Uh, my mom had an older, my mom worked at a place called National Linen, and she had an older co worker that actually lived in Liberty Hill. And uh, I remember when I was younger, my mom asked me, or rather, she told me to mow that coworker's lawn. And uh, after mowing that lawn, I may have been 10 or 11 years old, uh, the grass may have came to my waist. And after mowing that lawn all Saturday, sweating, I asked my mom, I said, how much is, is she going to pay me? 
her response was, she's not going to pay you anything. She said, you're doing this out of the goodness of your heart. And if you don't have any goodness, she said, find some goodness and do it from that place. Wow. So from the age of 11 years old, I have been doing everything I've been doing for my community out of the goodness of my heart. Mm -hmm. uh, started a nonprofit uh, in 2009 to help single moms. I've been a youth basketball coach, mentor. Uh, I've been an adopted dad at schools uh, where young boys' fathers did not show up on uh, maybe uh, Pancake with Dad Day. And uh, what I discovered quickly was the more boys I adopted, the more pancakes I got. So I had a whole lot of boys around me. <laughs> uh, I did this uh, because of the lesson my mom taught me on Liberty Hill, which was uh, find some goodness and do it from that place. So I did it uh, out of the goodness of my heart. Uh, not expecting anything in return just because I, I and I say this uh, all the time, want to be for others, but I wish someone would be for me if I found mm -hmm. myself in that same circumstance. So the circumstances you found yourself in in North Charleston as a kid are a bit different now, right? How, is, how has it changed? Because you said it's growing a lot. Has it changed just because of location or what's kind of made it um, change so much since you were a kid? Well, so I grew up, uh, again, single parent home. Uh, with my siblings, uh, I grew up not having a lot. But although I didn't have a lot, my mom, uh, the lesson she taught us was whatever you have, you have to make certain that you can pull someone else out of whatever they're in as well. So uh, even though I didn't have a lot when I was younger, uh, I still just uh, that lesson of just helping others and serving, uh, 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 realizing that the greatest among us must be a servant. You have to, you have to help folks out. Uh, I grew up with that mindset and uh, just after going to school and uh, being uh, in a better place in life, uh, I've never lost uh, just the, the the desire and the willingness to uh, to help others. So what are the politics like of North Charleston? I don't just mean Democrat, Republican. I mean, like, what are the things that are important for voters and that you talk about in terms of the, the local issues? Yep. So I mentioned North Charleston being the third largest city in the state. North Charleston is the wealthiest city in the state, Tony. And uh, I like to tell folks that if you get in your car and take a drive through the city of North Charleston, you will notice that the wealth of this city is just not distributed equally. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a food desert on the southern end of North Charleston. It's where my district, uh, I share uh, that area with another district as well. Uh, we have uh, communities that have gone overlooked and underserved for decades. Uh, I mentioned that community, Liberty Hill, earlier. Uh, that community is uh, down the street from hotels and restaurants, is down the street from shopping uh, outlets, uh, but that community lacks investment. For a matter of fact, for the past several, uh, uh, three decades, uh, that community has lacked investment. And I believe that there are folks that are uh, bullying communities like Liberty Hill and other communities in North Charleston. And I think they're taking their lunch money. Mm -hmm. I think the reason why I'm running this year is to be a big brother and to get that lunch money back. <laughs> uh, so to fight for just more investment in uh, communities that have gone overlooked and underserved. Yeah, a lot of these sound like long-term problems when it comes to growth. That again, the growth is good, but once you start neglecting one area, um, putting it to the side, um, those things can fester. Um, or you know, you know, just like you said, watering. So like you know, when you water plants, they grow, and if you leave them out, 
they'll dry up. So have do you see this as like a generational issue where places have been left behind and and so problems can worsen with neglect? I I, I think it's a, a a voice issue. I think it's a representation. I mm-hmm. think. It is uh, just meeting the right representation, folks that will advocate for more investment in that community. Mm-hmm. Uh, while we have uh, uh, individuals that have been on council for 20, 30 years, uh, 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 much longer, uh, I think we need someone new, a fresh perspective, someone who's willing to just advocate for the need of those communities. So I think it's just uh, needing right, the right representation. Uh, I, I talked about my mom a little earlier and uh, she taught me several lessons in life. And one of the things she taught me, Tony, was you have to crawl before you walk and you have to walk before you run. And I spent uh, several years walking uh, throughout the communities in uh, North Charleston. And the benefit of walking in those communities is that I get to talk to folks. And they talk to me and they say stuff like, hey, Greg, our community centers are outdated. When they tell me that, I, I, I take notes. Uh, they say stuff like, hey, Greg, uh, we have a lot of flooding on the street. Or uh, we need our trash picked up uh, because we have a lot of trash that's building up in this area. Or we need uh, uh, speed bumps in our community so that our kids can go out and play like we did when we were much younger. Uh, mm-hmm. And play safely and not worry about cars speeding through the neighborhood. Uh, I, I, I listen to those folks. And because of walking, mm-hmm. uh, uh, now I have the opportunity of running for office and being able to serve and be a spokesman for those folks. You cannot be a spokesman for folks you're not willing to speak uh, speak to. So I think we may have a disconnect in certain areas where folks are trying to be a spokesman for folks they don't speak to and they're not able to really deal with the issues that's happening in those communities. So this year, uh, uh, with the help of my community, and I have a lot of a uh, lot of support. Uh, I could, I will be uh, the councilman or the council member that will advocate, speak up, and speak for those individuals that feel like their voice has been muzzled uh, uh, for decades. Yeah, I find when you're in local office that um, a lot of issues that seem complicated really aren't that hard to address. They might not be fixable immediately, but really it just takes a little bit like a, just a tinker here and there of just someone paying attention. Now that you've seen it, do you see some problems that don't need like a trillion dollars in spending or you don't need 10 years of work? Like, no, you just need like the police car to go down that street or you just need the event to happen there. Like some things that actually just don't take a million things to get done. If the things are, Things are attainable in local office. No, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and being in local office, you have the opportunity to get a whole lot of uh, things done, do some impactful work in the community, change the quality of living, quality of life for a lot of folks uh, by just addressing those needs and listening and uh, and allocating money to uh, areas that have uh, been just missing uh, 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 those uh, resources. Um I remember in 2019, the city of North Charleston stood outside of a, a an outdated community center in North Charleston uh, called Felix Painting, and they pledged to uh, keep going back to Liberty Hill, uh, but they pledged to give uh, $2 million to the African American Museum downtown Charleston. I think that was wonderful. 
wonderful. And they said that in that museum that they were going to mention Liberty Hill uh, being just a um, an older, historically black community. And they were going to mention them in that African-American museum that we're building downtown Charleston. Uh, that's actually this year. They're going to have an opening this month. Mm-hmm. Um, my problem was is that they were standing outside of an outdated community center pledging to give $2 million downtown Charleston as opposed to just investing in that community. It is not a lack of of funds. It is uh, just a uh, uh, maybe just uh, neglecting to just uh, invest in in, in communities like that. Uh, So my again, my goal is to uh, just to, to lessen the amount of crime uh, that we have in the city of North Charleston to invest in communities to uh, have uh, an effort to really bring accessible housing uh, to the city of North Charleston as well. Yeah, I saw that on your platform, and it's something that's important everywhere. In my town, we're about to have a groundbreaking for some new uh, townhomes, and it's an exciting project that will bring a lot of population and new people. But I also know that while I'm glad they're coming, I, I probably can't buy those homes, like not with the, what I'm paying now. Right. Like, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to buy a house over a decade ago, you know, that we're paying off, but we were, our house now would cost another hundred thousand dollars. And how, what, what can local government do to address housing? Is it something that you're, you think that you can do without diminishing the property values and the prop and things in the rest of the community? Cause sometimes people are worried that, you know, when a local official talks about affordable housing, that it means that they're going to bring down the values everywhere with whatever policy they have. So what, what do you think you can accomplish in local government um, as a starting point, at least? I think just working with uh, nonprofits, organizations and private developers uh, while they are building and we're uh, uh, we have zoning for uh, just uh, that development that we are building homes that uh, folks that can't afford a half a million dollar home could uh, potentially buy. Um, I think working out deals like that, just to make certain that we give uh, individuals the the opportunity to have home ownership, uh, that is an amazing thing to to, to have. And I think, uh, again, just working with developers would allow us to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think that's missing now? Because, I mean, I work with developers, and the thing is developers are nice and all, but they want to make money. So how do you help them like, make sure that, yeah, you're going to make more money by addressing these issues? Well, I, right. Well, So it's one of those things is, is if you're going to build here, make sure you're building for everyone in the city of North Charleston, mm-hmm. everyone in that municipality, not just uh, a certain uh, demographic or a certain uh, 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 uh uh, salary range in that area. So I, I think, uh, you know, you want to make certain that you can accommodate everyone. So we're not asking for you to build all of your homes under half a half a million dollars, just some of them, some of those homes, uh, just uh, giving a space for some folks to be able to afford um, a, a place to live. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I always think about how local government does so much, but also at my council meetings, we only have turnout when we're hiring a new police officer or granting an award. Yeah. Like people will go on Facebook and complain, but then that's as far as their complaints go. Um, is, is there public involvement in the government decisions in North Charleston? Is that something that you think you can um, improve upon if it needs to be improved? 
Well, Tony, I think uh, that the issue in your city is probably the same thing that's going on in my city, which is you have just a low voter turnout. You have a low uh, 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 citizen uh, participation uh, uh, in what's going on in government until something bad happens. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you have a, a large group of folks that will come out on uh, social media and they will, uh, uh, you know, complain about it, but they won't come to, to, to meetings until there is a new police chief or mm-hmm. uh, there is a hiring of someone uh, that they would like to, uh, to kind of just uh, show up for. Yeah. So what, what can you do about that? Uh, because like we had someone, they were, they said that they wanted to get rid of a median in the middle of a road because it was hard for traffic. And then we just did it. Like we, the only reason we did it is because someone showed up and asked. Um, how do you how do you uh, improve upon uh, citizen participation? Um, I think just going out and just you know outside of just going to, to those community meetings, uh, going out in the community, sending out uh, emails, and uh, the same way you you send text messages and emails, and uh, you do robocalls to uh, get folks to come out to vote doing the same thing to keep them engaged in this whole political process uh, and what's going on in their community. Send out those same robocalls and same text messages uh, to uh, inform folks of what's going on before it happens, uh, just to make sure that individuals are cognizant of how they can really bring change to their community. Yeah, and I know you're talking about public safety as well. In my experience, a lot of those public safety issues are very parochial, right? Like, People know their police officers, or if they don't, then they get upset. Um, people are very defensive about certain things in policing, and uh, and not just in a in one way or another. That's not putting a value judgment on it. Um, how can you? What kind of changes do you think you can make that might be beneficial to your community that you think um, will not you know uh, upset the apple cart too much? Because so many people are so personally invested in those kind of things because of the people involved. So what kind of investments and changes do you want to make that you think could be proactive? Um, so I, well, right now you mentioned, you know, police and, and uh, I'll say that we have a really great police department here mm-hmm. uh, in, in North Charleston. I have gone on several walks with them, a group called recap from uh, North Charleston uh, police department. They walk through communities, just letting folks know, Hey, listen, we're here. Uh, if you need us, uh, we're not just here to uh, arrest folks. We're here to make certain that you have a uh, good place to live, play, and, uh, and work. So, uh, you know, we, we, we have a good program there. Uh, you know, I think just really just my, my goal is to, you know, to assist that police department with just investment in, uh, in our community and community centers, uh, providing technology that will give folks the developmental tools they need for a successful learning outcome, helping folks continue their education. Uh, it is just, uh, 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 the, the fact is, is that the more folks uh, that have an education, the more you have an education, the, it lessens the amount of, of folks that are involved in criminal activities. Mm-hmm. So I think just providing just that, that small thing like technology, uh, uh, giving tutors, helping folks get a GED, uh, providing them and giving them opportunities to get a trade, uh, to have a trade, to uh, just work and to become a marketable talent, uh, to get that gainful employment, uh, just really helps out just the entire city. So uh, it's a small investment, but it has a huge impact. Yeah, and one of those impacts I can tell is that it could probably build trust, right? So 
yes. you've been doing these things before you're a council member already, and it's it when you're in the police force, it's they can be very distrustful. And I, you know, I understand because they're like, why do these people know about policing? Why are they making decisions for me? Do you think that the work you've done can help can build some trust so when you have to create accountability or you have to create a new procedure that you'll have more success? Yeah, and I think, you know, just before I got involved in politics, uh, you know, uh, I, I most recently uh, gave up the position and uh, didn't run for re-election in March. I was the former county party chair for the Charleston County Democratic Party, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just getting involved in politics. Before I got involved in politics, I, I was a community guy. I'm still a community guy. And uh, again, working with the police department now, uh, letting folks know that it takes a village to raise uh, a, a, a family or to raise uh, a children uh, in, in police departments are not there or the police is not there just to uh, patrol the village. They are a part of the village. We are a part of the community and we're together. I like to tell folks that uh, we can't do this by ourselves, but together we can. Uh, we can go further together. We are stronger together. And when we're united, there's nothing that we can't accomplish. So uh, really just continue that uh, collaboration uh, of that community effort with police, uh, community leaders, uh, local politicians to make certain that we can get things done for our community and that we could thrive and everyone has the ability to be successful or has the uh, resources to just uh, uh, to get that success. Yeah, I, I, the last person I talked to from South Carolina was uh, Representative Spencer Wetmore. And she's, she's one, amazing. She is. She's, she's amazing. One, really one of the smartest people I've talked to, not just on the podcast, but in, in life. Uh, a great perspective. Uh, but one of her perspectives was having to um, use her language in a way that would be successful with talking to people across the aisle or talking to people from across the South Carolina to get things done for her because she's talking about a soil of. Um, beach erosion, environmental issues, and so she was like, well, I want to get funding for this as a local person. I'm not going to talk about climate change. Um, you know, it's just about getting things done more than it is about, like, being right. Um, how do you, as someone who's involved in democratic politics, is run on a local level, how can you effectively collaborate when people are speaking different languages because of politics? Um, so I, I think, you know, the, the benefit of just being the former county party chair and having those connections with folks like Representative Spencer Wetmore mm -hmm. uh, uh, in, in the House, uh, uh, being a state representative and having those relationships, not just honestly with just not just with Democrats, but with Republicans, because if you're going to be successful, uh, like Representative uh, uh, Wetmore said, you have to work with folks across the aisle right now in the state of South Carolina and our General Assembly. There is a supermajority uh, as it relates to Republican power in, uh, in, in the General Assembly. And if you're going to get anything done, you have to work. You have to collaborate. You have to speak to other folks uh, and, uh, and to, to, to bring that investment or whatever you need back to the area that you're serving. So just understanding that, uh, working with just other council members who represent other districts, and uh, making certain that while we are writing a budget for uh, certain communities that you put that community in and make them understand how important it is to just invest in all of North Charleston and that when we invest in all of North Charleston, when everyone has access to those resources, then we all thrive. We all live better. We all are able to work better. We all are able to play better. 
you know, there's a lot of states like South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arkansas now and Missouri where they're very red states on a state level um, and state legislatures because of gerrymandering oftentimes, right? Um, and because of that, um, but then you have all these pockets of democratic areas, whether it's towns or cities or whatever kind of district. Um, how do you encourage people who might feel like worn down by the national politics or state politics where it seems so hopeless in that state, but you can get a lot done locally? How do you encourage people to get involved politically um, in the face of what seems like insurmountable odds on the highest level? Well, I, I like to tell folks that whatever, uh, when you get in your car, you take a drive, uh, whatever makes you mad, uh, whatever upsets you. Uh, in your city, it is not the responsibility of the president to solve. It's the responsibility of your local government, city council. Uh, mm -hmm. If you want to fix those potholes or uh, stop signs or speed bumps or community centers, or you want to have uh, zoning for businesses or zoning for homes and developments, it's not the responsibility of uh, Congress. It's the responsibility of council. Uh, and uh, it's it's very imperative that you show up and you you vote and you put the right representation in office uh, so that folks can uh, get those uh, things uh, uh, solved for you, those problems that you have. So uh, I, I like to tell people, you know, it's 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 uh, it's it's local government that's going to make things happen for you. And I remember even when I first got involved in politics 20 years ago, people talked about how Newt Gingrich work so hard to get school board members Republican. You see that now with a lot of groups, right? Like, which I don't need to get into because it's elect education stuff. But um, how important do you think it is for Democrats to build a bench on a local level in, in any kind of town or city, um, whether it's a more liberal area or more conservative area? How does that change the face of the Democratic Party for the long term? Well, so um, I, I think, you know, you, you, that's a great question. I think um, you know, just, you know, uh, working with, you know, and we don't have a whole lot of, uh, right now, my race is nonpartisan. So, uh, uh, but there are a few of uh, municipalities in South Carolina that have partisan city council and mayoral races. But again, you know, making for me, it is not uh, a partisan issue uh, fixing uh, roads. It's not a partisan issue uh, investing in education. It's not a partisan issue uh, making certain that small businesses uh, just have the same access uh, to good zoning or having the place, being able to, to build in the city uh, like those larger uh, corporations do. Uh, so I, uh, I, I really think, again, working with, uh, with folks on the, the state level, working with folks on the national level to bring that funding back to uh, local municipalities. It's, it's, it's funding like the Community Development Block Grant, that federal funding mm -hmm. that uh, is used to invest in uh, low-income, moderate-income communities, to invest in community centers, and being able to just uh, to, to advocate for that, to come back to the municipalities so that we can have that investment so folks can live better. Yeah, but people know that you're a Democrat, right? Like, you, it might be a nonpartisan election. You go, you don't go from being involved in Democrat. Like, it's a wink and a nod. And, and but do you think that um, I, I feel like when you have good people who are Democrats running for local office, like yourself, um, it doesn't have to be partisan what you do, but it kind of changes the face of what people expect from Democrats. So let's see, like, oh, 
Greg is someone that's here to work on good government. And I may have not been open to voting for for that kind of candidate in the past, but now I know Greg, I'm going to vote for him or someone like him in the future, whether it's in North Charleston or somewhere else in the state. That's true. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, uh, to hide the fact that I am a Democrat and uh, it is uh, just in my belief uh, to just uh, to fight for the general welfare of everyone um, uh, that I'm uh, able to serve. So, uh, yeah, I feel no, like being true. a Democrat, like, uh, like there's a caricature of it from the right. And to me, being a Democrat is just caring about good governance. Yeah, no, that, absolutely. I agree. I agree, Tony. You're, you're right. So with that in mind, if people want good governance, um, if people want to run for office, what do you th- what is the first step that you would tell someone to take if they want to be involved in local government? Like you've done a lot in your life up to this point. That's a, it, it seems insurmountable to someone who's new, but what would be a first step to someone who might be interested in running for a local office? Um, first step, I like to tell folks that there are two types of voters you're going to encounter in life. Uh, there are those voters that, that, that want you to know what they know. Mm-hmm. Then there are other voters that want to know what you know. So That's a good answer. there are times you're going to have to be a notebook. You're going to have to take notes and listen it, listen to folks, which is the greatest concession you can give anyone, just listening to them. Uh, so after you become a notebook, then you become a textbook, and then you tell them what you know and the plans you have for them. So it's just listening, listening and taking notes, and then being able to just uh, – develop a plan that will uh, help everyone you're you're trying to serve i gotta write that down that's what i've, I've had 150 <laughs> a notebook that become a textbook that is um a great <laughs> answer um so but another great answer that i need to know is i got in touch with you by going online looking found out you've been endorsed by a group that i cared about um if people are interested in learning more about you they want maybe want to learn about learn more about north charleston what's the best way to be in touch and maybe uh find out um, what they can do. Yep, absolutely. Thank you, Tony, for uh, 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 for that. Uh, yes, you can reach me at votegregperry.com. Vote Greg, G-R-E-G, Perry, P-E-R-R-Y, uh, .com. And, uh, or you can email me at info at gregperry.com. And uh, I will respond to you uh, looking for all the, the help I could get this year just to make certain that we bring that win home in uh, November and we can serve all of North Charleston. Well, I know you're making your mom proud. And, uh, yeah, I've learned a lot just listening to you. So at this point, I've got to be a notebook. And maybe after people listen to you for a while, they can write their own textbook. Uh, thanks so much, Greg. I, I feel like I've learned a lot. Maybe I, I really do need to get to North Charleston now. Absolutely, man. If you get here, I will make certain to take you to the best seafood restaurants. I will take you up on that. If if and when I get down there, um, I'll, I will message you right away. And if you're ever in South Carolina, wherever you are in the state, just take a detour and make sure you get to North Charleston so you can meet with Greg and get what he's got. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Have a great day. And if you're listening, maybe you should run for office too. Let's check.